0: This is, you know, Stepman, and we're here with Pod of the Valkyries, and I'm here with my two lovely co-hosts, uh, Peachy Keenan out in the sunny West Coast uh, and Amy Therese, all the way in the, the other hemisphere in Australia with the opposite weather, as I'm I'm like, I'm continually told, but
1: don't
2: quite believe. I don't um, believe it either.
1: I think yeah. it's a hoax. <laughs> Amy, is it like a winter there? can't be.
2: It's, no, it's been the fakest winter ever. It's been like 20 degrees every day for months.
1: 20 sounds she means Celsius, good. PG. This is, right. like I just I want you to know. Yeah, Celsius is banned. She's speaking a foreign language. That's like um, 20 is like, what, like 60 for us or?
2: I don't know. 60, Fahrenheit's ridiculous. Know. Fahrenheit's not a real temperature measure. No, far- okay,
0: first of all, let's start off with this. Fahrenheit <laughs> is the correct way to measure Temperatures for human beings, because each decile means like a totally different weather
2: category. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess it, I know that that the, that, I guess that's, that that's why that the entire the world uses Celsius. Sense. The entire world uses Celsius. It's fine. You guys have your little special. Quick, <laughs> <no sense>. uh, <laughs> it, it makes no sense.
1: rare. It
2: makes no sense. But for human life, for human life, yeah, fair, uh, fair, I've fair never got I've never oh, got around to we, learning what Fahrenheit, how, like how Fahrenheit works. And wait, do you guys um, also
1: use the, what's it called, the metric or whatever? Is that still in use somewhere? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought you were things. a colony.
0: Wait, wait, wait a what? minute. I thought
1: you were
2: part of the Anglosphere. That's right. Oh, yeah. What is this? What happened? The, the motherland <laughs> uses um, metric, don't they? Doesn't England use metric for something? Yeah. What they and well, they, they, drive on the
0: left. No, chair. England. No, England uses the standard. Like it, it came from them, the miles and the
1: they changed. Yeah, yeah I think they changed change, they, they, they they use the, Celsius. They did,
2: they for some reason, fight, yeah. They use every because other it's more sensible, that's why. They did change. I have and never people Celsius. now agree on this. <laughs> okay. To us, well, freezing was,
1: wait, who had if freezing is zero correct. for Celsius, but for us it's thirty two. That's that's confusing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Freezing is zero, and boiling is a hundred. Yeah. So I, yeah, okay. I think. Makes sense.
1: I don't,
0: don't, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure twenty degrees Celsius is somewhere around sixty. I mean, um, it's like
2: warm and temperate. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's
0: thirty-two plus like a few. You know. Anyway, it might be a right. little, a little more than that. Um, well, I know. I, Fahrenheit was Fahrenheit is off. I was gonna start us off talking about 9-11, but I feel like we don't have the right vibe for that, and we're gonna circle back. And so, first, since we're we're talking about, you know, all kinds of very superficial things on this anniversary, but we will close with that. And I will start by, actually, something I'm very curious: what you ladies are uh, thinking about, because it seems like on the Twitter slash X timeline, the sex wars have gone nuclear in a bad way, and specifically i'm wondering what you think about the what was it the 29 year old woman who had this viral tiktok or whatever where she was saying like i make shakshuka and and there's been a few since then i feel like there's been a bunch of them since then and now i'm wondering if we're doomed that any every 24 hours there's going to be a pretty young but like aging out of the single scene uh woman (laughs) Uh, who goes viral on the right where everybody yells at her for a two minutes hate. And look, i'm I'm I have anti-feminist in my bio, so I'm like I have I have objections to this, but first, I'm wondering um what what you guys think about both about the content itself um, of these young women and then also what how the right should respond to it.
1: Um, I can just say that, That I, you know, everyone was, you know, I think Matt Walsh started the, like, war on her. But, like, look at this. And I, I, you know, I definitely took part in it at first because, like, yep, just another, you know, dopey millennial girl who's just wasting all her time on apps and dating and has no clue, you know, what she wants to do. And then it came out that she had broken up with someone and she really, she did want to be, you know, with someone and she wasn't just, you know, a feminist cat lady who hates men. Um, but, and so then there was all this wave of sympathy for her, like, look at these haters on the right, these awful right wing guys. Like, why are these young white women like their main target? But then when you watch some of her other videos, she's talking about her, like, you know, how she like loves astrology. Okay. Now maybe I'm showing my like Gen X uh, bias here, but she's really into astrology and she's really into manifesting videos Mm -hmm. where you manifest, you know, whatever you want in life. And like, I don't know, to me, I, I know that like a lot of young women are into that stuff, but to me, that's probably one of the reasons maybe why she's single again. I don't know. I think that um, I just, those, those those. I think that women are like being, they're in this, I mean, I know astrology is really popular. I don't know if you guys know about it, but like we used to make fun of it, you know? So, I mean, I feel bad for her, but I feel like maybe she needs some like other,
2: other things to, to worry about other than her sign. I think the astrology stuff is actually helpful for many women. It sort of gives them an outlet to put all their like woo woo female thoughts that make no sense, but it channels them in like a totally harmless way. Um, whereas, like, I don't know, I think if they put them into other things that can be quite harmful, it's actually sort of better. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's just like it let's women like say stupid women stuff with like zero stakes, so it's harmless if that makes sense.
0: That's literally the first good defense of astrology I've ever heard in my life.
2: Right. Yeah, that's the only value I can see. And I personally find it ridiculous and it makes no sense to me because I'm a massive spurg. <laughs> but like, if I can sort of see any value in it, um, that would be about the extent of it.
1: Well, is, um, what do you think about all the hate she got? Hello? Yeah, well,
2: so on the one hand, I think
0: it is a real important conversation about what the life script is, right? Which, what vision of the good life does our culture support, does our economy support, right? And that I think is not just an important conversation, but, you know, among the top several most important conversations that we have to have um, because the current, script, the current life script, just does not support, and we're seeing it with our generation, right, with millennials, does not support having a family. Um, and that script is, you know, especially for, uh, you know, the sort of ambitious and smart women, it's go to college for four years after high school. Don't you dare even think about settling down in college. I mean, Princeton mom got slapped down, Right. Um oh yeah. And then and then uh you know, then you get an internship somewhere, you work for a couple years, you you move to a big city, you might move to three big cities. Um and then, you know, by the time you're 25 or 26, maybe you go back for a masters or law degree or you know, god forbid a medical degree, right? Um and by the time you get out on the other side where you're actually like settled in a particular place, and dating intentionally to look for like somebody that you actually want to spend your life with. Oh no, that's my dog. Um, but, um, you know, by the time you're ready to do that in terms of like what the, the like ambitious good girl is supposed to do. Right. Um, you might be in your late twenties, you might be in your early thirties. Um, and and that's like that's actually like a really short timeline to find somebody that you're compatible with and that you love.
2: Right? Um, if anything goes wrong in the particular relationship that you might have in that time frame, suddenly you find yourself 35 and you're like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's <laughs> Not why I, that I, I this, I'm, <laughs> Yeah. I'm a
0: I'm a big fan of actually of Matt Walsh. I don't like dunking on Matt Walsh. I usually think that he has done more uh, to advance the bull on many things than most of his critics. Um, so this is not like particularly dunking on him. Um, but I do think it's more productive to focus on a general culture than, because there's there's lots of, of you know, I, I don't know. I see it as kind of analogous to um, uh, getting mad at an entire generation for taking on college loan debt.
2: Yeah, I mean, right? as like, far as everyone, I see it, she's all the boomer said to do it. You know, yeah, she's also just like a, a symptom. She's a manifestation of a political phenomenon. She's not the cause of it. If you get rid of her, there's still how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of you know, editions of her out there, right? Like she's just a symptom. She's not the cause of any of this. Um, so I tend to find that, like, you, on the one hand, similarly, I've. I've always been quite defensive of Matt Walsh, especially when sort of like crybaby, like soft touch feminists are all like oh he's being so mean blah 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 especially in relation to the trans stuff like no actually this is a pretty mean issue and we need to strip away some of the moral like unearned moral authority that some of these people have and it's okay to be mean to a man who's telling children to hurt themselves it's fine like I've always been very defensive of that but I do think that like optics wise it's it's not necessarily like strategically the best decision to be bullying like good-looking reasonably nice young women because what you do is you activate defense mechanisms and you, you tend to like make people favorable to her rather than to you. Even just like putting aside any of the actual substance, it's just not clever strategically because it just makes you look mean. Um, and I think looking mean is not well, And, and she didn't
0: actually have like, you know, when I was, I was looking at the comments that people had made about the video, like I had a certain view of it. And then when I actually watched the video, I was like, actually... She actually seems like she seems like of, a nice girl.
2: She seems harmless. She just like seems not, like she's she's yeah. doing the best with what life has yeah. dealt her,
0: which is what we tell people to do. You know what I mean? Like and she was
2: also speaking like. like when you want her to like, about buy a bed and say, "I don't want to leave the house today"? Like life yeah. is screwed.
0: Like I, I don't know. Like, I think it's it it really uncharitable to read.
2: It. Yeah, it seemed uncharitable to read her as disfavorable towards like marriage and family. It seemed to me she was saying, I don't have that yet. I'm not quite there yet. I would have perhaps liked to be there by now, but I'm not. So this is sort of what I'm doing in the interim. Like she wasn't actually saying having a family is bad, having kids is bad. She's saying, like, I sort of thought I might have a family by now, but I don't. But this is sort of what I'm doing in the interim. Like it wasn't. I think he sort of had to deliberately try to be offended by her video, to be honest. I wonder if by now, you know, we should check in on her
1: and see. So many people saw that video. Like, did she find, maybe she found a new boyfriend from it? Because in a way, it's like brilliant marketing.
2: That's the thing. I think with a lot of these women, they say these, like, these TikToks are like diaries that they're recording for the world. But basically, the way I read so many of them is it's like a cry for help. Yes, to cry well, It's a woman saying, like, mm-hmm. she's just begging yeah. for a right wing boyfriend to come save her from the morass of <laughs> from and the I would of be not be surprised if she got like a lot of DMs or messages. Of like, hey, she can have so many you know, dates right now. I'll Absolutely. take you out, babe. You can make Chef Sugar for me anytime. Absolutely, it's actually like implicitly like women do these things that work for them without even realizing that's what they're doing. Right. It's like exactly crying when you funny. get pulled over by a cop. Yes. You cry. So no. I <laughs> you know just, that's what she's doing. You know, we're such she pathetic We just cry and expect <laughs> men to solve that problem. Right. Wait, wait. Please. It doesn't work <laughs> as well when men do it. Um, not no, it's all crying. No, but if like, you guys, like if you, guys you watch do you men have... doing it, it's such a reversal of like gender roles, well, and it makes me feel sick. Sometimes <laughs> like, they're just really direct, right?
0: So, like, did you see? Um, there was that director, right, Lars von Trier, I think, or Trier. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but um, who did me- Melancholia and like some other things? And then he put out this video. He's sixty-seven, and he put out this video. He's like, "I'm looking for a muse. I think I got one more good movie in me," like. Please apply here to be my muse.
1: Did you Did you apply? I no. missed it. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, I could have been like a Norwegian man's muse.
2: Too late. I, I mean, at least one try out for it. I, it's funny. Style, I, never yeah. thought, I never thought of a muse in such like sort of mercenary business-like fashion. Right. Like that. Yeah. That's I never thought about that it that way. Too. I thought it was supposed to be quite romantic, like he's supposed to be struck by like staring at some woman across the street or something. I didn't realize it was just like a job that women apply for. Uh, maybe there's like I an didn't app realize there a spreadsheet for the yeah. muse, you but, know? Yeah, yeah, how Do, you, how how do you, know if you have like Do you discuss this with a careers counselor when you're like 17? Like, hi, I'm a little bit of a nymphomaniac, and men find me charming. Just wondering, like, <laughs> is muse the career for me? Please, right. please it's
0: craft
1: a-, a script around my life. It's yeah. a dating app, but it's only for muses, musees, and musers. And you go and you advertise yourself. Because, I mean, look. If I he's a, me what he's there. saying
2: is he needs, he needs a code of Tinder, no. Tinder for <laughs> muses. He needs a home and
1: work wife.
0: who's right. going to encourage See, what, what, him all the, the, the time. What's the clever word for Tinder? For, I'm putting you on the spot, but you always
1: have the greatest, like. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to think about it. It's like work wife. Like, you come back work wife. A man, yeah, a man can't commit to marriage or a long-term relationship, but he will commit to you as his muse. And all you have to do is, like, I don't know, pose for some weird photos, like
2: black and white art photos or something. Be or start his, time. like, art film. Hungry all the time and fade his delusions of grandeur. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with, I guess, both of you. Like, it, it just, I think there's more room in the culture now. To attack that script, you know, like as not working for men or for women. And this just isn't in my view the way to do it. like it, it, but I, I think there's actually more. in other words, I feel like, and I don't know if you guys have the same you ladies, I suppose, I misgendered you. Um, have the same impression, but my impression is that uh, younger women um than us, meaning like in their early twenties uh, are really fed up with this script of like you hustle, you girl boss your way through your twenties, you know, maybe you get like a few nice vacations out of it with your girlfriends. Um, and then you really only start looking and, and like there's, there's this element of just um, like with the muses, right? There's just this element of random, Chance, romance, uh, you know, attraction, right? And if you only have a three-year or four-year window to, like, to try to find someone like that, like, that's, that's a lot of pressure and it's very difficult. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people very stressed about it. Um, whereas if you have, you know, 12 or 15 years because you've been looking for that since you were 22, um, there's just much less stress on it and you can actually – find somebody who's compatible with you without like worrying so much about it. But we actively tell that's the problem I have with it. And it's not this particular girl, like it's not being single at 29 or 33 or 35 that I have a problem with. It's that we tell young women, like the culture tells young women, don't even start thinking about this. Don't you dare. Like you're not not in the right quote-unquote stage of life to think about it. And that, I think, is very damaging. Did you guys yeah, see that your video,
2: most fertile that and beautiful video? Doing garbage. Great. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you for making this whole process so much harder than it needs to be.
1: Yeah, I see that reaction video to um the Snow White actress saying that like in Snow White, she doesn't this her version of Snow White, she doesn't need a man to save her. She's she's save herself. She's gonna be a
2: leader. They're just like they're just doing exactly what they've been told. They just say the most repulsive things because they've been taught to say the most repulsive things. Like I don't know. And the
1: reaction video was like a regular girl talking, like a TikTok talking, you know, responding to the actress and saying, No, actually. That sounds great. I would love to like be taken care of, to be to be rescued out of my like pretty kind of shitty, boring life and my job. Like I do want true love, and yeah. it's like this backlash, you know. And then there's that thing about women, young women looking for quote easy jobs, you know. They weren't on a career track. They didn't.
2: Oh yeah, the lazy girl jobs.
0: The lazy girl job. Right.
2: Which yeah, is so work's interesting. Not, work's not actually very fulfilling. Even even when you make it very busy and very stressful, it's still empty. <laughs> it's still just, just garbage. Like, yeah. I mean, do, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's meaningless garbage. It's busy work, basically.
1: Right. And people are figuring – girls are figuring it out. And, like, now – so what does that mean? Is that – I that mean, we I mean, women right?
2: this for a really long time, which is why women always just get silly jobs. It's fine. We used to know that. <laughs> I don't know. We to, yeah. We used to know that. That's right. Yeah. Odd that, yeah that, like, the ultimate lazy girl job
1: Yeah, <laughs> so woman doesn't want to be like an 80 hour a week corporate lawyer that, you know, that sounds that I never did.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone qualified I do. to do
1: that. Uh, yeah. No way in hell.
2: Yeah. It's like, meaningless. It's just crap, whatever. <laughs> um, But I also think like, part of the problem when we look at this through like an individual lens at each individual like instantiation of this garbage it's like it's easy to get frustrated with individuals but I don't know I sort of see each of these people as just like well yeah of course she's saying that she's like just following all the prompts that the culture has given her but I do think like The nice thing about all of this is that ultimately, like, this does rest on kind of like a biological substrate. Like, I'm not a leftist in terms of, like, oh, gender or sex or whatever is a social construct. Like, no, actually, there's something deeply, like, primal and, like, intuitive about all this stuff. And I've only just realized in the last few years that, like, so many of my intuitions that I thought were me just being, like, a weirdo or whatever – Actually, there's tons of women who have the same intuitions. It's just that we've been told to shut up for a while. And, like, all these, like, girl boss feminists have been saying all this other garbage drawer oh, that makes no sense to me and never made sense to me. And it's, like, it's sort of nice to see increasing numbers of women just, like, say things that, like, yeah, we don't mind having lazy jobs or maybe prioritising these other things is more in line with sort of the way we see the world or what we want from it or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually find it encouraging in a certain way. Like, it could easily go off the rails in a different direction, right? Like, so, sort of like Me Too, right? Uh, I I think a lot of Me Too was a response to hookup culture. Um, but it can easily go into, like, a tyrannical or, you know, uh, unproductive, let's say, uh, direction. But I find this actually hopeful like I I don't I don't think the door has been open for conversation at least as long as I've been following this but then exactly now um it just seems like uh exactly what you're saying Amy about you know there's no room in the script for anything that actually approximates real connection or real life or real love yeah um but at exactly that time, I feel like, and I'm in sympathy with the top line message of all all of this. Don't get me wrong; I'm not like scandalized by it. But at the exact same time, it feels like the sex wars on on the internet have gotten
2: more vicious. Um, yeah, I think one thing you can do that I've done is I just muted every keyword associated with all that crap, and then you don't <laughs> what see it words? anymore. Like I just work. put a whole list to, I put a whole list of them, things like ran through, single woman, childless, <laughs> like anything like that. I just muted every word associated with anything like that. Yeah, any of it. I just right. don't get any of it anymore. I and just feel beautiful. like every week there's a the new scandal. There's yeah, yeah. I just count, every single one. Twenty nine year old them. single woman and shakshuka. Yep, I just add them to my list, and it's just beautiful uh, and peaceful. And then you just don't have to complain <laughs> about it anymore. And you don't see it, and it doesn't exist. It's, it's perfect. It's great. Well, um, one other. That's I love that.
1: I should do that too. But then I would have to like uh, mute my whole entire book. Muting eventually. works. It
2: really works. You just deprive <laughs> people of your attention. It's um, the mute, only way to
1: go. Mute Peachy Keenan and domestic extremists um but another glimmer of hope was i was listening to npr which i do um sorry sometimes and they were covering uh the people's uh, young people's fatigue and exhaustion with dating apps and they were covering an organization in new york called meet in irl or whatever and they set up can you say that again please it's (laughs) (laughs) writing take notes amy meet in irl okay write it down oh my god Um, what is this crazy newfangled invention that's right and now i I went to the website and i and uh and they're like hosting it's just speed dating what it is that's all it is and i went to the website and it was they didn't mention the mention mention this on the npr story but it was it's a speed dating for people of color um so sorry you guys are only stupid. only people of color are allowed people to talk anti-
2: anti- mis- <laughs> Like can you imagine having
1: a dating app that was <laughs> only for oh sorry only for this race but Anyway um but I felt like wow they're actually covering like people are exhausted with Tinder Tinder's been around for 10 years I wrote about some of this in my book um and that is hopeful That And people are like, oh, okay, I hate, I'm deleting all my apps. People were like, all these women are like, I deleted all the apps. I'm off. I hate it. I'm exhausted. It never worked. It was just a bunch of texting and small talk. And
2: Yeah, I I tried Tinder one in like 2015. And um, the, the guy was really cute and he came to my house. And like, I just didn't like him. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. But having to get this guy out of my house. Because I didn't like him, I was oh, just no. like, "I'm n- I'm never doing that again." And I deleted it. I've never used them since. Like, I don't, I don't like it. I like chemistry with people, and you can't right. get that from an app. Yeah. And I was just yeah. getting like repetitive strain injury from just looking at all these like superficial things that tell me nothing and none of the relevant information about a person uh, because I, I can't get that on an app. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I was just like I kept swiping these people and then the other thing was like it would always be a match and so then that made me think like – Okay, so the men are obviously gaming this. They're obviously liking anyone who's like remotely attractive, right? Because otherwise it wouldn't just be, they they wouldn't all be a match. So then like, and then you realize that that probably even means nothing as a result. And like the whole thing's just dumb. Like i I don't want to order a human being like they're a piece of like meat at a checkout. Like it's just right. gross. And, and the other it. thing is that those
1: apps need repeat customers. So they are incentivized. Right, so they're disincentivized. Yeah, exactly. Dis- yeah, absolutely.
0: It's pretty well, but the, evil. The bigger, the bigger problem I think is what Amy said about compatibility. You just,
1: Oh yeah. Totally. what it
0: encourages, mm-hmm. it encourages women to make lists and, there's no nothing that like better <laughs> than making lists. But like all that stuff goes out the window when yeah, you actually like someone in person, yeah. right? But like the height yeah. thing is like that, right? Like you ask. Oh, yeah, Ni- yeah. And yeah. I, I say women, I like really tall guys. Like, guys yeah, no, tall. if
2: I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. You meet a guy at a bar who's 5'8 and really funny and like, you Some know, vibe with you. None of that stuff
0: matters. But if you ask women like straight up, what do you want? I mean, you will get a list a
2: mile long, right? I just, it, if I don't women know. have funny ideas about what they want. They don't know what they want. They need a man to tell them what they want. Let's face facts. Like, if, like that, I, uh, none, none of that, none of that, that's matters. facts, Amy. It's yes. true. Like, sorry, I agree. it's just true. That's, I, 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 know,
0: I will admit to uh, the last, so this is a million years ago, because uh, I, I met my husband quite young. i just like got very lucky and just whatever. Like, we met in our early 20s, but it was just starting to be necessary, right? Like the apps have been around for a while, but it started, it was on the cusp of being necessary, but people were still talking to each other in person. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, the first time I logged on, it matched me with the ex-boyfriend that I just broke up with. And I was like, this is a broken system. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: (laughs) Wow. So funny. (laughs) Oh my lord! Funny. I it can't even imagine. Stuff. It sort of did know something, it, like it was like wrong but right. Yeah, It's so right, guy, yeah. It, it That's actually it. kind of
1: amazing. It found yeah. one guy you did like at one point. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, but it was like it was like a really <laughs> bad breakup, and
0: oh no, I had again, broken up with him. And I, back I was to what
1: like didn't work.
0: very angry, and th- I was like, okay, finally, I I can venture out into the dating world again. Oh and no,
1: me with him on the same <laughs> app. I was like, I'm never doing this again. You can't never. <laughs> wow that's unbelievable anyway
0: that so speaking of various dating apps from tinder to grinder uh is obama gay that's my (laughs) right oh that's right
1: (laughs) is obama gay uh i think the answer is resounding yes
2: maybe probably
1: or, I know. you know, I, I don't know if he identifies as like a gay man, but there is obviously a huge culture of men who are, you know, straight men. What are they? What's the euphemism? What do they say? Men who have sex with men, but they're, you know, they're straight, but they're also men. Because who they call it being
2: men. on the down low, a brother right, on, the, on down the down low. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that interview like, was incredible. Yeah, it was great pretty gross um, i got larry little, book. i only
0: got like 10 minutes in and then i, I shut got the
2: book yeah i got the book <laughs> and read his account of this shit it was very funny and gross um i yeah i, I had
1: my my catholic like trad mom chat was like they were like wow <laughs> they were kind of you know they don't they don't they don't hear about that stuff every day so i was like but i was like you guys i knew all about this in 2007 2008 it came out and they were like what? yeah it was big on the blogosphere, <laughs> and then
2: it got buried yeah right i they mean so in, i they they don't put put in, but, I didn't
0: find the tucker interview convincing but i did find because actually obama strikes me as a total control freak and cold fish and like the idea that he was i fully believe i mean he admits to like the drugs and everything else um and i'll get to the gay stuff in a minute but like it strikes me as very obama like to show up in a hotel room, you know, or the random person. I mean, yeah, like, sorry, don't, don't get me wrong; like it. we yeah. set the Christ- Christina Blasey Ford standard, and they can live and die by that now, right? Like, yeah, I don't care that Tucker platform. I mean, I do care, but for completely other reasons. I don't, I don't have a like moral objection to the fact that Tucker platformed this guy to millions of people, who's to, I don't know. My assessment of it was, like this: this guy's clearly lying. Um, but but
2: that's the, the beauty we, of giving someone space to actually tell their story. Like you, you, you're you not, I think they, well, there's this idea that letting someone say some words means that you necessarily agree with them and endorse their version of events. That's such a weird, very ultra modern idea. Like we didn't believe that 10, 15, 20 years ago. The idea that having oh, yeah. someone in a show means you believe so uncritically not what I'm saying. everything and they say. endorsing oh, no, I'm I know. they're not. better
0: things think- to send to 20 million people than this guy who I, I think is just literally like either insane or looking for attention or something. But the, there was a yeah. the tablet article uh, from the Obama biographer a while back that published... Um, yes, David Garrett. I had an yeah. argument with uh, Richard and about this because we do a podcast every week. And, and he did his best to be like, it's not gay to fantasize or talk about dreaming about having sex with men to it's your girlfriend. Like, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. That, uh, what? Why, <laughs> that's never happened to me. That's as gay as it gets.
2: <laughs> uh, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that, that's kind of gay. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> Extremely gay. <laughs> <laughs> even in the imagination that's very gay if that's
1: not gay i'm not sure what that's like gay. that's like one step away from spending friday night at the
2: manhole you know what i'm saying yeah that's very 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 gay and it would give me this was a huge, real if, club in new york if my boyfriend did that it would be like okay i don't think we're a good match anymore like that's not <laughs> straight guys Let's don't fantasize <laughs> about having sex with men okay it's not complicated okay.
1: yeah
0: yeah um yeah so for yeah, that, that reason off, very yes. interesting. But, like okay let me ask you guys this does it matter like what has changed before or after this interview because it goes to why I, I am not that thrilled. not just with this interview but just with like what Tucker has been doing since he left Fox
1: well I I think that Larry Sinclair just to offer this is extremely credible and he went to such lengths to um, get his story out took a polygraph <laughs> hasn't made money out of it I actually believe it. And does it matter that Obama is bisexual? Like, no, you know, he could have been a worse president. You know, being gay (laughs) wouldn't have affected that his presidential approval rating to me. But what it proves is that the guy to me, I think that this is why Tucker did it, is a fraud. And he sort of defrauded us with his, his, his biography and hope and change. And really... What I what I sensed from that interview, and I tweeted this, that that interview, Tucker had an audience of one in mind. That whole show was aimed directly at Barack Obama. Yeah. And it was a way to acknowledge, I think, that, yes, Barack Obama is still the shadow president. He never left. You know, Valerie Jarrett is in their Georgetown basement with the whiteboard. Like, you know, uh, wargaming gaming out all the moves. And um, and he's at the front of that. I think that that's what Tucker Carlson's interview was about. It was like a power play.
2: Yeah, Tucker I think it was psychological Obama. warfare. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it, was, exactly. it was him saying, like, I'm onto you, bitch, and I'm not even scared. I'll bring this crazy guy onto my show and tell 20 million scared. people. That's right. Yeah, he's he not. I'm scared. not scared, bitch. I'm going to have him on my show. Um, and he has a very credible account of having sex with you in a limousine and smoking crack. And I'm not in any way scared of you. Okay, I did yeah. not
0: find this credible. It seemed like totally it it's I think the story is like
2: you know, crazy, what I think but the
0: credibility is- level of this was that Washington Post article that was published about Brett Kavanaugh running a train on a <laughs> <for> random <laughs> woman. Like that, that is this level. But I mean, look, the Washington Post publish was, that so you know fair I mean, play I, I guess but i just don't see how this is good for, for the
2: gander i think that's a very, very good meaningful track record, forcing them on. to live and die by the same um standards that they hold everyone else to i think for the longest time wait, wait, the right- hold on.
0: Peachy's, peachy's credibility analysis is my new
2: astrology okay
1: I have well, a very I think good. I think
2: he did a lot sense. of things that did actually make him seem credible. For example, like at the time, all he was interested in, he never wanted money. He never wanted like anything. He literally just wanted to not get murked by these people because a whole bunch of other guys who'd had trysts with Obama in Chicago were just disappearing. They were getting I think shot. Part of
1: it is, a, is so, a failure of us, you know, three nice little ladies. To really understand, you know, the like kind of very seedy side. Of, yeah, I I of, think this stuff of happens. America. All the time. What happens? Yeah. What happens in the dark alleys? What are men up to? You know, there's a lot that goes on that you and I we would all think if they heard that about someone we knew. Oh no, there's no way. But yeah, it, there there is a way.
2: Well, when you I have, have very good. You can be
1: say. like as in,
0: I I am actually a big advocate of the dark alley. I feel like we need to shove more things into the dark alley, and that's not a, actually a direct. Yeah, I
2: don't mind working in a double entendre. Okay, um, when the
1: when the Duke, just really quick, when the Duke, uh when when a, a, was it a rape on campus? It was it Duke or UVA? That Rolling Stone article, remember? Oh, that was yes. UVA. I was at UVA <laughs> at the okay, time, yes. and, so and Sabrina, to my credit, I immediately call that as bullshit. Okay. Right. And actually I know Sabrina Rubin. <laughs> I used to know her long ago. So I read that story and I was like, wow, this is really bad. Like, oh my gosh. But then I got to what two details and it just immediately fake. Number one, mm-hmm. they threw her into the glass coffee table. Okay. I've been in enough fraternity bedrooms. Yeah. You guys, that was one of them. Yeah, there's yes. no glass furniture in any fraternity in the world. Okay, and then number two were how her quote best friends were like, "Don't report yes. the rape; you'll be you'll be blackballed by all the popular kids." Okay, and I was Gigi, like, "What?" Gigi,
0: literally the exact same two things. Okay, exactly. I read the article for the first time and I was like, "Yeah, this is bullshit." Okay. No it's literally the history of the world like, away. oh, you're just <laughs> covered in blood and you've just been gang raped on a glass table?
2: Well, I'm worried about my party rep. <laughs> yeah, that's just
1: so fake. That's right <laughs> out of a movie. Yeah. But they
2: always reveal obvious. themselves with these like totally sadistic and fucked up evil weird sides like that. Yeah. And, you're just like, and that then can... also okay. I just – And then I – Yeah. I'll I just don't really, believe that. I also
1: solved – I also solved the missing Malaysian airline – the jet that, dis- that disappeared. I solved that in like two days.
2: Nice. Where where, where is it? Yeah. How are they doing? Well, he well, he committed suicide. He committed
1: suicide out of it was like a political act. Right. No one reported that the night before that pilot this is a little off track, but he had been at a at, at a trial of his political hero, some politician in his country or whatever, who got kind of railroaded at the trial and got put in prison. And he was wearing t-shirts to support that guy and was at that trial the day before the flight. Right. So it's like a martyrdom and thing in It was like a, yeah, it was like terrorism right. against this country basically. Anyway, that's so sad. So Larry Sinclair, I'm going to just I'm dying on that hill. There's something there, okay?
2: Sorry. I think that um there's something there. I don't know what it is. I think that of Like, given who Larry Sinclair is on paper, I would have expected to have more of the Inez reaction and just sort of be like, this is kind of ridiculous. There is, however, some intuitive, like, gut instinct thing about him that um, I can't quite dismiss it, even though I want to. Like, I would quite like to. It does seem kind of ridiculous. But I don't know. I think that, that there's something there. Whether it's exactly as he recalls it or whatever, I don't know. But, um.
0: So, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I feel about this the way I feel about astrology, which is basically, uh I think Obama's gay. I think his son is in retro, whatever. And
2: then <laughs> I also
0: think this guy his is mercury, crap.
2: His mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> yeah. So uh,
0: awesome. I also think this guy is full of crap. Like he just struck me as full of crap in the same way. Gotcha. So Christine Blasey Ford, everyone said was like, oh, super credible. She just seemed crazy to me, right? Yeah. Like, as in, I'm not, I'm not sure she doesn't believe this, but it just
2: like, it that makes it him less. Very not bad yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, Absolutely. I don't know, but that's, that's kind of how I felt about this guy. I mean, I watched 10 minutes of the interview and actually, so the, the thing I wanted to ask you guys about is, You know, what is the future of these kinds of interviews with Tucker? Because thus far, since he's left Fox, and it's not even like any particular interview that I'm scandalized by, I'm actually not scandalized by any of them. However, I don't know, like, if you want to build an actual empire response to Fox, this is not it, right? Like, Andrew Tate's brother. And Larry Sinclair is not, I mean, we already have Alex Jones, right? It seems like he's, he's just, he's gone from being a person who is, has so much mainstream appeal that he's able to mainstream some really important ideas that were only percolating in this whole like Twitter sphere or whatever, um, some really important like assessments of the regime and where we're at, um, and it's gone to tabloid, which is not necessarily leaving Larry Sinclair aside for a moment. It's not necessarily untrue, but it's just not as important as it's being made out to be. And like I, I don't know. I would like to see more exposes of the deep state. I would like to see more. Uh, Like I would have liked to see Trump speaking of that interview that we did last we talked about last time. But I would like to see Trump pushed on the question of what's going to be different between 2024 and 2020 in terms of the like the mechanics of the election. Like what makes you think that this can overcome? I don't know. Like these are these seem to be like regime level questions that would be really, really relevant that nobody on the mainstream cable networks is going to ask. We need Tucker to ask them. And he's the only person who can get those kinds of people to sit in a chair and be interviewed, right? Like Alex Jones can't get most people to sit in his chair, <laughs> whatever you think
2: about him, right? Like, yeah, I think there's a form. No, no, I just like, think this is a huge missed opportunity. It's, I think there's a formatting yeah. issue as well, in that he was previously on five nights a week and he's now. Doing his own show, which is like you know one episode a week, so I think like it, we sort of probably have to adjust our expectations in terms of the sheer volume of content that he can p- put out now. Yeah, but that's um, not. I,
0: I'm not. I'm not. That's not my objection. I'm saying gotcha. who he has chosen, right? Yeah, to interview since he left Fox, other than Trump, and I was not satisfied with his interview of Trump. Like, and to be clear, I wrote a piece. Like in mainstream USA Today, I wrote a piece in USA Today defending him when he left Fox, and I was like, "This is going. This could be a tipping point, mm-hmm. right? He's such a star. He's such a good like TV personality. He has such a huge audience, right? This this could actually break. Uh, it could break cable, right? I and, think and, it and takes- what direction he's doing is not breaking cable. Whatever it is, it's not. It's just he's going to become a really popular YouTuber." That's just. I think it,
2: it I think sometimes these like online things it can take time and so I think like I'm I, I'm like I share some of your critiques but I also I'm happy to just sort of give like I have um so much respect for Tucker as like a human being he just seems like a decent person and so like I'm happy oh, yeah, to give I him space too. to like I'm, I'm really to just fuck him. around for a while um before I sort of But, but yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. It's, it's tough in like, I sort of, I do see one contiguous thread with what looks like potentially like a lot of disparate people that he's brought on his show. Like um, a few years ago, one of my friends wrote um, when I was sort of still hanging out with left wing people, at least like digitally, (laughs) one of my friends wrote an article against open borders um, and she was just completely raked over the coals by like literally every leftist publication, like had her career pretty much tanked, like, in you know, a like really vicious ways just for writing this very like normal take, which is like, maybe we shouldn't have wide open borders anyway. Um, so Tucker had her on his show at the time and was just like, I don't know, he's always had this sort of like protector instinct towards people who are getting destroyed by the media. And I think that perhaps is a contiguous thread of like people who are not being given a chance to say what they have to say. I think that's say. what it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think I think the, the interviews themselves, the content of the interviews, I didn't watch any of the Andrew Tate interviews because I don't care, you know. But I yeah. think what it is it's a big middle finger to the yes. establishment going, I yeah. you hate these people because – You can't them. You can't end them. Yeah. I'm just going to – it's a big big fi I'm going to take that power away from you. Yeah. yeah, I think so, and
0: I think that is. I don't know. I I feel like what I, uh, what I'm articulating actually, Peachy, you just said, which is I didn't watch any of these, but yes, I support it in
1: principle, right? Like I didn't watch a lot of these interviews either, right? <laughs> what so you're like, saying yeah, I, I, is <laughs> is that he needs to have a maybe uh, a woman on the show at some point. Sorry, to like longhouse, Tucker. Kenan. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I was,
2: <laughs> you, obviously,
1: I was scheduled, you know, to go on a know—show with Tucker, and then the week later, he got fired, and I was not able to ever uh, talk to him on the on the television screen. Um, but you know, the offer is out there. Like, I, you know, it would be great—not just me, but like, let's say, if if we could, if we could be his booker, okay, we're Tucker's booker for the next like few weeks. Who's our like top three uh, guests he needs to have on, men or women? You guys besides us
0: it's a really really good question i'm thinking about it i mean for sure i mean i would like to see a real interview of trump and chuckers what do you the mean by real? To do it so that last interview was like fluff to me i wanted i want to ask the question about elections that uh i i alluded to like election in part,
1: integrity yeah
0: yeah
2: election integrity like a serious I interview sort of feel on like- that I wonder whether that was ever or will it ever be sort of like what Trump does. Is that not a question for the like uh, that's it feels like to me a party question. Like this is what the underlay is like what what are we doing? That's what I'm wondering. What's the Republican party doing? Yeah, but
0: that's that's part of my question is like as in I want it put to Trump. What do you think is different in 2024 right, yeah. than yeah. 2020? That seems to be a really f- Sorry for my language. Really fucking important question, right? Yeah, I, and I don't nobody know that has I've... seriously pressed him on that question. And Tucker could,
2: in a legitimate way, that wasn't just like trying to get Trump, right? I guess that, and, like, if I don't think that Trump has a good answer to that question, if I prefer Trump to the other evil satanic weirdos, I'm not going to ask Trump that question.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I on I some, some level, the I wonder whether that's why. I think that's the most relevant question. And then do we think there's a bunch of other ones too, like give me a list of things that you are going to do. um, Mm -hmm. Because I think he got very, uh, I I think frankly, like the deep state mostly rolled over Trump that a lot of his success was, you know, and, and the question is how are you going to prevent that from happening this time around? And I think that's a really relevant, important question.
2: And yeah, nobody, I think nobody, could, nobody has like quite the credibility to
0: ask that because if, if somebody else asked it other than Tucker, right, it's gonna be like, Well, you're piling on Trump, right? But who can accuse okay. Tucker of that?
2: Yeah, Even so though apparently he not like him, whatever, whatever. But he's
0: always given him more than a fair shake, right? So yeah. but I, I feel like that's a very important internal question that somebody needs to ask, like a friendly person needs to ask him because it's not yeah. about like dunking on Trump, it's what do we do
1: with this situation? Yeah. <laughs> That's you know
2: what, interview...
1: To me, and I a like huge me, yeah. I would love to see, like, Chucker interview people who, nece- who not, aren't necessarily on the same page as us. Like, interview a lib. Like, I kind of feel like those debates between people on the left and people on the right...
2: can don't
1: Yeah, more generation. entertaining.
2: This generation of leftists are very good at self-preservation, so they won't... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> They won't show their ass that way and they'll pretend that it's a matter of principle. So they'll say, oh, I'm not going on, um, I'm not, I'm boycotting, I'm boycotting Chaga because he's a white supremacist or some such other nonsense. But there's it's one guy who did that, Gavin Newsom, the same, so they do it. Ga- yeah, Gavin
1: Newsom went on Sean Hannity and right.
2: destroyed Sean Hannity. I mean, Sean Hannity, you know. I would lose See, Gavin Newsom's a massive <laughs> like he has secret power because he's basically yeah. illiterate so you know he's very powerful <laughs> like if someone who can't read can get that high politically he's got some kind of verbal dexterity to oh, be that's able to right, do he that has talked about how he's disliked. I'm, I'm very afraid, afraid of, I'm very afraid of Gavin Newsom yeah I- he can't read and look how good he is at politics. he literally can't read he's like he's said that himself like, mm. this guy's got some secret power.
1: Well, right. I mean, not well, only are we going to have President convince
2: Kimberly Gafoyle to marry him, I mean, that's not how weird run?
0: is it going to be for Kimberly Gafoyle if it's Gavin Newsom versus Trump? <laughs> it's going to be her father in law versus her ex husband.
2: Well, this stuff is so incestuous. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things to say about that. <laughs> have you like, seen it when potentially-
2: like, Gavin Newsom and um, Kamala throughout the 90s? They just were birthed in the same pod in San Francisco. We could potentially have President Newsom and Senator Adam Schiff. Think about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 50 You're welcome, America. <laughs> so Thanks a bad. lot. Yeah. Um, but t- yeah, so, so we agree that Tucker needs to have on some some women. Um, I think that you know, I think it's quota. definitely like it's I, want boys quota. Quota. I want at least. Yeah. That's right. Fifty percent.
2: Few women I want to hear from, (laughs) frankly. I don't really want to hear from most. Exactly. Uh, There's probably a few.
1: I mean, us, obviously, but there's there's a couple. But
2: Tucker, if you're listening from the debate that's happening next week, it's happening Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. How is that going to be the
0: the debate? I I wish I could go. I mean, my parents are coming to New York and even if they couldn't, I don't think I could afford the ticket to LA, but uh, it sounds, I mean, I would be there if I was there. Like it sounds like an awesome debate.
1: Yeah. Just so our listeners know, there's a debate that Barry Weiss um, from the free press is sponsoring along with fire, which is like a freedom of freedom, like a free speech um, nonprofit this week in Los Angeles. I'm going to be going there. And so many people I know are going and it's a, it's the sexual it's debating the sexual revolution was it good or bad and there's some like very big names um g- who are going to be discussing this so it should be it should be very interesting
2: yes yeah, it does feel like for the first time in a long time there is actually space to have these conversations though and it's nice like rather than it's not happening from like a defensive vantage point which I think is a good place to be. Um I felt like all the me too stuff was like anyone who criticized it in any way was always having to be so like from a position like a defensive crouch like I I don't know I don't necessarily I don't really believe any um rape accusations in media as just like a matter of principle um I'm not going to call the right. person a liar but I just don't believe them as a default assumption um but like it is nice to finally see actually sort of generative stuff happening and it's also nice because fire does a lot of what a lot of the better things that we used to attribute to the ACLU so it really does feel like sort of the center and the right are more the kind of where the energy is this generation as opposed to like you know in previous decades it was always sort of like the left liberal sphere that were doing this kind of cultural stuff whereas it's very consistently now people on the right and then more towards the sort of center right.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, the, if there's any you know indication of like there's the number of people and who I know is going and who's going to be there, it's really remarkable that Los Angeles is somehow you know um, attracting all of these names on the right and obviously some on the left. But people I know are traveling in are basically on the right, and um, you know I would always I would I would have never thought that they would have decided to have this here. It definitely feels like something that, yeah, okay, maybe it's in Dallas or, you know, somewhere in the south or in Miami. But it's in LA. And so I think yeah, You it's make really it more and more
2: possible too. You give more permission to more people to do it over the long run. Like it feels really cool to have like um, sort of, you know, been throwing like rocks at some of this garbage for a while and then you just suddenly start seeing it starting to flower. It's like nice. It's good. Yeah,
1: props to Barry Weiss for doing this. And maybe this means mm. that like, debates like actual debates um public debates with audiences are, are going to totally, become yeah. sort of the new oh entertainment, god, the new rock that's star true
0: oh my god I have, so i watched the old right? like i'm sorry this might be a very line thing, but I, I miss i miss arguing with people.
1: yeah firing yeah, light that is, was that so great along <laughs> with our society that we this can't is, yell at each other like, my I
0: remember we used Inez. You,
1: you and I used to talk about doing our own version of the McLaughlin Group, right? And so they're going to have one live with it's Anna Kochian and Louise Perry, who are kind of the position of the sexual revolution was bad, and then on the left it's or leftish it's Sarah Hader and Grimes. Um, so Wait, it's who's going. Who's Sarah to, Hader? Because she's the one person be, on this I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm not i not really. It I came out of the IDW sphere and it was sort of like a in the rationality. Wait, the person on the left was like an, like an IDW a- person. I think so. I think she was like a previous Muslim, so like but like now center, not. Or like I yeah,
0: don't
1: not, not like yeah. a leftist because you know she's friends with some people who are friends with me. So yeah, I, don't I mean, leftists I don't like.
2: actually do debates. They just tell people right. to go away because they're ontologically evil or whatever. Like they don't, yeah. they can't defend their positions. So you, that's why when leftism is ascendant, <laughs> you won't have a culture of debate because they can't defend their positions. They just destroy anyone who opposes them. They don't yeah, do I, debates.
1: I do feel sometimes like you know writing all these articles for like-minded people who I know already agree with me for all of these um magazines you know the Federalist and American mind which are awesome and great but like I you know what's what impact are you
2: having just someone nodding yeah, you and need to with get you. other voices who can smuggle it to a broader totally. audience that's what I've always tried to do yeah, yeah exactly
0: there's there's a there's a vanishingly small number of places that publish that are at all crossover and the only yeah, two very- I think of right now are USA Today. Uh, and only because they have an, a changeover in editors who actually accepts, right? When huh. it's like, I couldn't publish there for a while and now I can publish there again. And then um, the other one is Newsweek, which is now like oh, starting yeah. to be identified You're- with the right. Because that's but, Josh like, Hammer, right? Yeah, Josh Hammer. And then Atia Unger-Sargon, like she'll publish uh a lot of interesting people on the right. Um, anyway, but like, I feel like that's getting more identified with the right over time, but the, I mean, Quillette used to be that and it's not anymore. Um, what about
1: compact? Compact. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: a different kind <laughs> of crossover, <laughs> yes, right? Like compact is a different kind. Of, I, I, I love compact. I think they published some really fascinating essays, but. <laughs> shooting. It's kind of like yes. red scare, right? It's like the anti woke Marxist perspective and it's a different, but I'm talking about people who are in the middle. Like what publications you could publish in that will be read by someone who isn't already in your team. And I feel like actually compact, even though they have a range of views, I'm guessing their audience is already the same batch of people. No. My
1: goal is not to reach people in the in the middle. Like I want to convert people on the left by, you know what I mean? By just persuasion and debate
2: and so they think oh gosh like i was like i was persuaded i don't think people are persuaded i minutes. think people are seduced away from degenerates by people who are better looking more interesting more attractive yes poor. exactly sorry we i don't, don't to think confer. it's
1: an the argument i think there's yeah. a lot
2: of truth in that we need yeah. to be sort of these yeah.
1: cultural missionaries
2: uh, in a way, you just way. need to be hotter and cooler than the left, which is actually very easy. And then when you yeah. stand near them, it's very apparent. And then people want to follow you instead of the left. It's <laughs> fine, that's the well, objective. I'm not, I'm
1: not sure I, how you know if I can be hot and cool anymore. I've sort of aged out of that, but you know, at no, least you'll be, always be hot and cool. Peachy. Sorry, <laughs> you're so sweet. It's not at least be, At least be fun or be yeah. interesting and make yeah. good points and not be.
0: You Good know, vibes, crazy,
1: boring and, and what, rude. What, what's,
0: what what qualifies as this kind of debate on the left? Right? The, like, the left does
2: not do debate. They, they, live, they don't yeah. want to talk to was, us. They want to I, was to the person, I was the only person. for two hours. The only person on person. Twitter within the left who was willing to actually disagree with anyone or talk about anything, and the entire left, like the entire media left, read me as an extreme threat. And started painting me as, like, a white supremacist for multiple years. Like, that's how allergic they are to anyone questioning anything right. ever. No, exactly. Like, it's You're just, just... that's just not how it works. It's just this conformist blob where you just, like, you follow the current thing in this totally reflexive way. Um, otherwise, you get destroyed. And it's, like, anyone who has, like, I don't know. I just I want to know what the actual truth of the thing is because I'm a smart person. So, Like, if we have truth as the barometer or the thing we're driving at, then I can figure it out. And it became so apparent to me that that's, these people don't care about truth. And so I become like, in that situation, I'm powerless because if they're not trying to figure out the truth, then I can't figure, like, if truth isn't the actual barometer of what the goal is, then argument is pointless because you're not driving at anything objective. People are just saying, well, I believe X, Y, because it's useful for me to do so. Well, there's no persuading anyone I, believe it. I, I feel. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, it's totally feel. non-rational. It's just this conformist blob that, like, polices each other's behavior and words and everything. I'm, and I'm not, not, I'm it not makes downplaying, sense. yeah.
0: yeah I'm, I'm not downplaying the importance of emotion in politics. I mean, going back no, to no, I know like, rhetoric and, and pathos, yeah. right? Like, I, I am not they downplaying do the
2: importance it. of it, but there's nothing behind it. It's just, yeah, no, there isn't. You're absolutely right. There's actually nothing underneath the surface. Like, and I tried, I kept trying. Like, it, 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 there's nothing there. They don't argue in defense of anything, they just bully you. They just bully right. you if you ask because questions.
1: They can't. They can't defend it. It's a house of cards. No. They just they assume have, they that,
2: have like, if you. you're asking any questions, you know, it's actually because you're an evil bigot. Only right. evil bigots ask questions about anything. It's like, no, I'm just a loser spurg who just wants to know how things work because then it's easier for me to like function in the world when I understand things. So if you could just help me understand how <laughs> I, this I, works, I would just like to know how the world works, please. Same. Yeah.
0: No.
1: You, we <laughs> can't have that. That's actually a threat. Um, That's an
2: existential threat is,
1: to their whole bit. There is a market for a McLaughlin group with Inez. I've <laughs> been on a McLaughlin. McLaughlin group by the way with uh Pap Cannon.
2: Um, I think also the way you do this you is finding people who are smart yeah, and confident. Enough yeah, to right. be able to handle See? criticism, which is actually a pretty rare trait in the end. Like a lot of people right. can't handle people disagreeing with them because ultimately they their ego is invested in every gay little argument they make. Whereas like I don't take it personally at all if anyone disagrees with me. Like I probably don't even agree with half the things I say. I don't know. Like, yeah, just- I, mean,
0: I, I have the same problem. I just don't I, – I also get very like uh, pissed off when anyone – tries to use a transitive property on me. Like, <laughs> what do you what do you mean? Like I, I love created that this person you. like a human being that made an argument? Like <laughs> that's unacceptable. <laughs> okay.
2: You know what I mean? Like, I love that about you, Ned's voice being that way it's so I great. Know, I, don't, I, don't <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care. Like I don't care what argument yeah.
0: people are making. Anyway
2: uh yeah, no it's good.
0: before right. before we wrap it up because I'm sure that well we have heard that PG's house is under attack by spiders. Uh I have to go kill and, Sheila
1: as soon as this ends. Domestic extremists. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: That's right. But, but before, before, we, before we wrap this, I really wanted to get everyone since we are recording this on 9-11, um, I did want to get just to sorry for the somber shift, but um what folks' recollections are, I mean I know Amy you're outside of the country, but uh it did Define a generation. Uh, certainly, I remember it. I was in middle school um, and I I remember like every moment of it. Uh, and then it's taken on a new valence in New York because I'm like in the evacuation zone. I live in downtown New York. And anyway, I was on the West Coast. So I was somewhat separated from it. And I have some other thoughts, but Peachy, maybe I'll throw this to you, you know. Um,
1: yeah, as the, as the elder states what do you think
0: about it now no no like what do you remember and then what do you think about it now because I feel like uh, there's so much disillusionment in the last 22 years yeah, I wrote you know? uh,
1: actually published today in the American Mind was sort of my like recollect- recollections that I had never really shared um, and it's called Ground Zero you can go to AmericanMind.org and read it um, I was in LA I'll I put a link in it. the Sle- show notes okay okay yeah I, I slept through the whole thing um, in L.A., but my husband was lived on lived, lived on Ninth uh, and D, and he watched the whole thing. And he had to run around that morning, and I didn't know him at the time. Um, and he had to rescue his brothers who were going to college in downtown. One of them lived like three blocks from Ground Zero, and so it was like chaos. And he saw it all go down. It was just like the full horror, you know, that he to this day he can't really function on 9/11. Like today, he was like, I can't really talk about it right now because he just gets so upset. It's it's so such a horror still for him. And But I because of 9-11, I was fired from a, well, they, they 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 canceled a TV show that I was working on here in L.A. Um, with Ben Affleck, and they gave me a severance check and I moved immediately to New York. And that's how I met my husband. So I like to joke like thanks to Osama bin Laden. <laughs> you know, I I found a husband. Um, but Yeah. It, it was such an incredible time to be in New York 20 2002, 2003, 2004 when I moved there. People were so like unified. There was until the war started, the Iraq war. It was sort of this golden era of like, wow, we suffered, they can't get they are not going to break us, you know, and it was like a really kind of awesome um, moment. And then it all fell apart. And the vitriol over the war, the Iraq war and all and the Bush years and just to and then the the security state, you know, the deep state, i mean, it like basically 9/11 was just like a shot of steroids. It was like creatine into the, you know, L-carnitine carn- in, into the arms of the of the deep state and they now are just this behemoth out of control and it's it is so sad. Yes, Inez, yes, that's a good word, disillusioned. Just the squandering of American power and influence, military might, young people um just the whole thing was sort of built on why, why were we there? Why were we, why did boys die in Fallujah? Like to this day, no one cares. We shrug. And it's just, it was the beginning of some people say the beginning of the end of the American empire. And like, it's hard to say, it's hard to argue with that, you know, and it's sort of depressing. And the whole thing is so, so awful and sad and miserable. And just, it's really, it is hard for me even to think about it and watch the videos to this day. What about you guys? I, so I have, and like it's not like a habit in the sense
0: that I consciously do it but every 911 morning that I wake up um I watch the news coverage videos uh, from the de- from that morning yeah and so yeah, I was I watched it so many like, times UPCs, so I I don't have the I mean thank god I don't I don't have the direct but I remember it really really clearly um but but interestingly, after 9-11, everybody else had a different experience, I think, in America than I did. Um, Palo Alto, where I grew up, it took basically, in my view, no time to go to the, n- the typical narrative, right? Like something that I would expect today in terms of cynicism. Um, our local paper, I think within a day or two, the the headline was muslim sphere reprisal in america right like you know interesting
2: angle like 3, all yeah,
0: 3000 yeah. americans dead
2: um, but the real concern in, is the bigotry of americans towards right that was happening that immediately right. that's in pretty good it <laughs>
0: was
2: yeah, that's it was hardcore.
0: immediate it, and like yeah. i don't remember the stable unity actually um
2: I think that and substrate of weird leftist sadism is kind of ever present, but it's only in sort of certain key moments when it really comes to the four, you're just like, that is not right. That is not a normal response. You know what I mean? Like it's It, it was very, stumbling. it was, it was very much like, um,
0: it, it, it's, it's simply hard to describe what, what happened in that town afterwards. It, it just, it, it was immediate to me. Like I don't remember a period of unity. I I remember yeah, uh, people like I remember the left immediately going to their usual hobby horses, mm. and you know immediately afterwards. But I believe people when they say that that was not extended beyond like and and what's happened since then is that basically like those those spots of the left have ex- extended to the whole country which makes it impossible for us to imagine that kind of unity right um and then there is the legacy of the surveillance state on top of it um and and i i do think like it's people had good reason to want to approve some of these you know um, some of these agencies, some of these powers. I mean, look, I I don't often chalk up a W for the libertarians, but I I do think like this is this is one of them, right? It's it's one of those things where, uh, I mean the the support for the Patriot Act was enormous, right? And now mm-hmm. we see a government that's willing to name us as equivalent yeah. to Osama bin
2: Laden. Right. I think and- very in very weird shift happened also in the last 20 odd years where we think about um, sort of rights and privileges and these sorts of things in this sort of like group ontology terms where everything's kind of comparative and relative rather than just um, actually boldly defending like individual rights. So like everything's always like, you know, about Muslims or about black people or disparate impact and all that garbage when in fact actually rights really are just individual rights. Like, it doesn't, like, the state not, the state violating your rights is an issue in and of itself, irrespective of what color you are. And the moment we start sort of doing all this relative garbage, we end up, like, fighting each other rather than defending the underlying principle in any meaningful way.
0: There's there's also this very strange, and, and Peachy, I'm really curious about your thoughts about this being a mother of people who probably don't remember 9-11, right? Um, there's like this divide between, and this is the one that I'm sorry, I cannot do the irony poisoning on nine 11. I can't do the, like, I understand why conspiracy theories have like asked, I've written about it and I, I understand why, because the institutions have lied to us so much that we have no barometer for what's reasonable and what isn't, but I can't do the irony poisoning shit on oh, like there's something very uh visceral and real about it to me that when i see that kind of whatever detached posting about it especially on the anniversary this is probably the only thing it's not to say that i can't appreciate jokes about it in the same way that i can appreciate jokes about the holocaust as long as they're funny right yeah that's, <laughs> uh, the, case. that's the standard but but um
2: But often it's just, you know, whatever,
0: like that detached posture towards your country, towards your people, um, seems
2: very hollow. But it's also not detached. It's actually mean and spiteful and cruel. Like it's actually just awful. It's not detached. It's specifically like full of resentment and nastiness towards people in your country.
1: Well, some, of it, it I mean. it's no,
2: some yeah, of it is not, not me. A lot. What no. I'm talking
0: about on the right, like that detached, iconic oh, right. posture towards gotcha. it.
2: Yeah, like gotcha, gotcha. Okay, sorry. It's it's because because they didn't. Because yeah. they're gotcha. they're young.
0: And yeah, it's because they, they didn't expand. I, I know I should. I I really should be like more forgiving or whatever. But I like, I have like a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, that's because we're spiritual
1: boomers. Okay.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. we just it's like our... forget about generations. We lived
1: through this, and they didn't. Yeah, it's our Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Okay, that's like the yeah. closest analogy yeah. historically. or like Everyone the, remembers they, they, where they were. Yeah, my grandparents remember where they were at Pearl Harbor. My kids today, you know, they've watched the videos with us. We, we've sat on some of the anniversaries and watched news all day and showed them the YouTube videos and like
2: cried. It's one like, of the first totally mediatized events as well, I think. Like where, where we had the internet and cable and everything else and it was just like boom, 24-7. Yeah.
1: And so but this but today they don't they didn't mention it. They're not even barely aware that it, it was today. I mentioned it to them. I was like, "Oh, they're probably going to say a prayer assembly, you know, which I'm sure they did." Um, but it's not a thing to them. Um, it's not it doesn't define them in any way. I mean, none of my children obviously were alive at 9/11. Um, and so th- I think that is just I don't know, the detached irony posting is probably just a way of coping with something that is like they don't know how to feel about it. What do you say? And it's sort of like It does feel very boomery to be like, here come the bagpipes again. Like, oh boy, you know, like this kind of, um, is it, is it maudlin just like this crying? People are, are so detached from their own emotions. They're all on, they're all on like antidepressants. They probably don't feel a lot of emotions, but maybe it's just a cope. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I think there's a lot of emotivism, so I can sort of understand why sometimes people just like switch all of it off and just can't be bothered with any of it. Because it, it, sort of it like is a, a lot. Defense mechanism I cried, yeah. I cried
1: three times today. Okay, just but, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I hearing it. about it, just boom. Yeah. Oh, and I remember, like, and I just start to cry because it's so much.
0: It, it and it, on that it, note, it's not intrusion. Hold on, but it is, it is intrusion into, like, I, I, it is really a breaking point in the American story, right? Where yeah. I think needs uh, like, and.
2: Generationally, like, yeah, it's 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 like, but also like ideologically as well. Like they're something, especially as someone from outside the United States, I've always held America in such a high regard in terms of like a series of principles that you guys actually, um, sort of defend broadly speaking, especially f- like freedom of speech, freedom of association, these kind of things. And um, it is actually when you look at it on paper, you look at the things that allegedly like um the terrorists were trying to harm or whatever and then you think about 20 years later like there is something deeply like fucked up about the fact that 20 years after that there's now basically like zero freedom of speech in the united states you have like yep. a Stasi like silencing and, apparatus, and very apparatus um, the, the fucking opposition effect. leader yeah. Yeah, one party is literally imprisoning the opposition leader, who is the previous president. Like so many of the things that were taken to be the sort of um, core, sort of liberal or libertarian um, ethos of the United States as a fairly exceptional country in terms of, you know, the world overall. I have
1: friends on the right who ask, without irony, like, "Well, was Osama? Did he have a point? Are we the Great Satan? Are we are we the baddies? Because you look at what we're doing." To ourselves and to other countries,
2: like, well,
1: no wonder, thing, no wonder, no wonder they hated, with. no wonder they hated us, no wonder Al Qaeda even existed. You know, like there when were I being... was on
2: the left, when they were objecting to the so-called like criminalization of you know innocent Muslims or whatever, like I took issue with that, not because they were Muslims, but I just don't think that a deep state apparatus should be unjustly, um, you know, incarcerating and criminalizing people with you know bad evidence or whatever. Um, but something that really shook me after a few years on the left is when I start seeing that same deep state apparatus doing that to white people, and I probably should have noticed it sooner because it was obviously happening in the 90s too, but when I start seeing them do it more and more to white people and the left's response is, oh, actually, there's disproportionate criminalization of white terrorists. And it was very clear. They literally just want more white people thrown in, you know, uh, indeterminate detention. Like they, they just want more white people criminalized. They just yeah, want to punish and humiliate it is, and degrade it Americans. It's a collapse of how we and
0: as Americans and probably around the world, but I can only speak for Americans. Um, it is the collapse of how we take in information um, and how much. Like it's cliche to say now. I mean, after so many years, but for the last five years, like American institutions have been in free fall in terms of of trust. And it's, but I, I, there, there is something to this like moment in American history. And I don't know if we'll look at, back at it as a blip or as the end of the American empire. Uh, but it, it, it seems like a historical turning point, both at the moment and looking back at it. And with regard to like the nineties versus today, and then like, it really was. So I I do think it defines the millennial generation, which is the, we grew up in the high point of American power. The point where it was, it was uh, inconceivable that America could fail at anything. And then it seems like after nine 11, America failed at everything. Um, and, and that's what d- developed that cynical sort of uh, posture towards things that sometimes pissed me off in this particular moment. I think in part because people who weren't alive or remembered themselves alive before then did not know what it was to be an American before that. And I don't mean just like, oh, that disappeared overnight with the two towers coming down. But it it that feeling of American expansion and upward mobility and righteousness uh, disappeared over the intervening decades.
1: Yeah, the joy and of being an American. Some, it used to feel good. Yeah. It used to give you like a high. You know, to be you're in Europe and you're like, I'm an American. You would feel good about yourself. They, they hated and that us but but we didn't care. Yeah. They hated us then, but we didn't give a shit. Right. We like, we like fed off it. But now, yeah, that's all what is it? Um, just it's been a kind of a slow decline and then a quick one. And then when Trump got elected, that I think that was the the joy of Trump in twenty sixteen was like, Oh, finally, <laughs> there's like a reason to believe again, you know, good guys, um the fun and the and the like, rah rah, patriotic, all American vibe was
2: kind of back, and well, that's what the last see how that went. Over. They have to destroy that whenever they find it. Anyway, it just needs to be completely and utterly like deracinated and destroyed because that's a real threat to them like people being happy and like sincerely uh invested in or loving anything even especially their own country like anything beautiful like that the left needs to destroy it that's their actual purpose and their underlying like they destroy joy and happiness and love and anything that's just like pro-social that's their actual like underlying everything and so that's why they need to destroy that
0: for for real i think that not to defend the boomers, uh, which I rarely do, but (laughs) it should give us a better perspective on the boomers in the sense that they, so I think the biggest difference between millennials and boomers are both selfish generations, but speaking, obviously on average, no individuals, blah, 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 exceptions. um, it, it really is, millennials grew up at the height of America and American power in, in a way that seemed invincible. Boomers grew up in the shadow of World War II. And from their childhood all the way, and, and I am not downplaying the various uh, sort of Distress of the '60s and '70s and '80s and Malays, blah blah blah. I'm I'm not historically ignorant when I say this, but the general trajectory of America throughout Boomers' lives has been up, whereas the trajectory of America for Millennials' lives was like childhood, amazing, sharp dive off a cliff, right? Starting with this moment in 9/11, and not necessarily caused by it. Much of it caused by ourselves
1: and the decisions that our leadership made. Yeah. I mean, Gen X feels that too. We also grew up in the eighties. It was like peak yeah. America. Reagan. Yeah. I can
0: see that like eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like we grew up in peak America.
1: It was freaking then, beautiful, baby. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then yeah. it all kind of, and kind then 9 and the financial crash. And yeah. yeah. And that's, happened. that's why 9-11 yeah. is like the turning point. I mean, so in sad. Itself, it's a, an incredible, you know, historical thing to live through. And, and it's so oh, sorry. Um,
1: Look, we could have stopped it, you know, if our intel was a massive intelligence failure, you know, how did, you know, how did, how did it even happen? And it really does. It it really was like the first undermining of like, oh, we are kind of, we're not being protected. Like what is our, who is in our government? Our competent, it was a competence crisis.
2: Yeah, and it also sort of normalized this perpetual state of exception that sort of gets rehabilitated through different frames, like be it COVID or war on terror or whatever. But it really did sort of normalize the idea that at any point the government can just um, suspend things like individual rights and freedoms and people would just lay down and take it because there is ostensibly some greater good. Um, that is being driven at. It, I, I think it is. It was actually yes, 9-11 right. that did that. Like there were prior yeah, no, to that. I agree with certain I actually, I agree that. certain with that people wouldn't yield on. Yeah. Whereas yeah, now I plenty agree with people would just yield on them
0: without thinking. I, look, I, I think what you're saying is true. It's also true that a functional society has to, that's the problem that we find ourselves in, right? A functional society actually sometimes has to call on that, right? Um, has to call. Think about the blitz, like blackout. You know, blackout your windows. Uh, otherwise, you're you're uh, giving a, a a target to Nazi bombs, right? Yeah, but you um, have to
2: be in it together. When you're is sort of degrading, and demoralizing you your people, problem. Yes. A society has to be able, at
0: some level, to mobilize that kind of collective action, uh, and not at a point of a gun.
2: Right. Part of the problem is also that you have only leftists and liberals in all sense making institutions that sort of are associated with the state and media culture. And so you basically don't have people, you have people you fucking hate, half the people in their country. So that's just like not going to work. The people in these
0: institutions who are mostly left liberals, not far left, mostly left liberals, threw that away in institution after institution. They threw that away the fact that people trusted them the fact that like they represented all of this country uh towards our enemies right they threw each one of those things away until they were meaningless Mm -hmm. yeah and And then they turned the enemies like that it turns out that like this country is not functional uh when you know, when each one of us, I assume, and, and speak up if you disagree, but I assume that each one of us thinks that if if some similarly 9-11 style event happened today, uh it would immediately, immediately descend into you know, all the the, the fault lines of of the cold civil war that we exist today. And and no such uh kind of defense or collective uh understanding would result from it, right? But that is not the fault of, it's not even the fault of America's enemies, at home or abroad. It is the fault of American institutions that they've given up something that's so important in pursuit of something that is so uh, petty and partisan and short-term. And, and you know, sorry, I'm, I'm getting very, like, uh, sincere in this whole, like, thing, but it's a lot that they gave up and people who grew up to, to return to PT and I like people who grew up in the eighties and nineties, like we know what they gave up and to yeah. more than a makes turn, way, mad. The anniversary has become something for me to
1: be pissed off
0: that yeah, we're, we're mourning. We're mourning
1: up. the America we knew and that's what died yeah. that day. And the other thing with the institutions is that they can't ever get it back. What they gave no, up, they and no. th- there's nothing they can there's do no now way. to win a- win us all back. They just have to be; they either have to put us all in the
2: gulag, or they have to be destroyed. And so now we're they've in this shown crazy us who standoff. they are; like they can't be trusted yeah. ever again. It's we know who they are now. You can't get it back once it's right. done. There's
1: no mercy. There's no compromise with them. That's why it feels like such a you know, kind of a hot
2: war almost going on because in Because the stakes are so high and so yeah. real. Just because if we they don't pretend take them out, they're gonna yeah. take
1: us out. That that's how it feels. And it's just like a crazy, <laughs> you know, it's a crazy, it's a crazy dynamic to wake up to every morning and remember, like, wow, if I say the wrong thing, I'm out. You know, I tweet the wrong thing. I'm am I gonna be indicted? You know, h- how does this work?
2: Yeah, it was one of, one of the most pivotal moments actually for me it was about four years ago when there was that kid, um the, I don't know what his, I'm mental blanking on his name, but the one at the Washington Memorial at some abortion protest thing where this was
1: video Nick, footage Nick, of some Nick Sandman, Nick Sandman. That's right.
2: Nick Sandman. Yeah, he was just like smiling on camera like a child does. Like he was just a teenage kid, looks like my brother. I don't know. Like, and I, and I was sitting there watching people in like very important institutions with important jobs, like actual adults, 30, 40 years his senior. Like, openly fantasizing about physically assaulting him. And oh I couldn't goodness. believe my eyes. I was like, wait, what What the hell is happening right now? Like, why are these middle-aged men openly talking about wanting to beat him in the face, like beat up a child? How is this something that, like, people at, like, CNN and all these other, like, pretty big media institutions just condone, like, they're all in on it. They think it's perfectly normal to fantasize about physically assaulting children who smile on camera. Like that, that to me was just such a moment where I'm like, okay, something is very, very rotten in Denmark and there's no like fixing that. You have to just, those guys are
1: just, those guys are just like all, all pent up and frustrated because there's no more Larry Sinclair's for them to drive around in limos with. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And
1: on that note, wrapping it all up, (laughs) we need to tie together.
0: Larry Sinclair and nine 11. There you go. Um, so you've been listening to Pot of the Valkyries with uh Amy Therese, Peachy Keenan, Inez Stepman. Uh we will see you at the next time that we do this. Uh, from joking uh and and gay sex to uh the turning point of the American Empire. That, that that's all in our wheelhouse. Covering it all. Yeah, exactly. At uh Pot of the Valkyries. We're, so, we're inclusive. <laughs> <women can't laughs> right, <ladies>. very <laughs> inclusive. Uh <laughs> We hope you tune in the next time. But with that, we'll bid you good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Uh...